When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Punt Intended, a Fantasy NBA Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Rhett Bauer, joined as always by my co-host, Travis Fuller. How are we doing, Rhett? Very excited for this episode, breaking down the second half of the draft. We went over the lottery picks, so now we're going to break down picks 15 to 30, uh, see how that affects the, the player picked, and as well as the team and the players on that team. Absolutely. Got a lot of players to get to, even a couple uh, second round guys we want to talk about. But before we get there, if you wouldn't mind, please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five-star review. We mentioned it last time. Want to put it up front now. If we get to 20 reviews, we'll do another mailbag. I think we were at 14 last time. So just get those reviews in. We really appreciate knowing what you think about the show. Send us all your questions, all that stuff. We'll be sure to address them. And as always, shout out people who give us some really good trade questions. So we went through one through 14 last time. Now we're going through 15 to 30 and pick 15 with the Washington wizards. They took Corey Kispert. I didn't hate the pick, but I also felt it was weird to try and address a shooting need on a team that already had Davis Bertans that also might lose Bradley Beal. And then you've got a 24 year old shooter and and no upside to speak on. Yeah, it's definitely not a sexy pick. But somebody that I think shows Beal that they're they're looking to win now, so they're getting a player that's going to help them now. Uh, I think it hurts Denny Avdija more than anybody else. You know, their first round pick last year, a lot of hype on Avdija coming into the league. Obviously, got hurt. We didn't really get to see a whole lot of him and what he's able to do. But they added uh, KCP this year as well, so that's going to hurt Avdija. Um, anyway, so I guess it's not too, too bad. He's still going to be a, a guy that comes off the bench. Um, but, but Kispert, if, I mean, if he can shoot, he's going to find a role on that team. And I, and I definitely think that's, that's going to hurt Avdija this year and maybe in the long run as well. It's going to be really interesting to see where Kispert goes. I think in the rookie draft I just did, he was in like the thirties almost, which is not surprising because of how limited his upside is and all that. It's not surprising, but he will play and he'll probably have a good NBA career because shooting is at a premium. We know this. So, and, and he's the, I thought he was the best shooter in this draft. If from all the guys I've seen in college, uh, he was the top shooter in my opinion. So a, a solid pick, a guy that's going to be useful. Just, just not somebody you look into anymore. You, you just know what he's going to be and you, you have his career mapped out. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, exactly. Uh, 16th overall was owned by OKC after being acquired with Kimba Walker from Boston. Uh, traded to Houston for two future firsts because Sam Presti has a problem. And they drafted Singoon. 
Uh, I loved this pick. I thought this was really good for the Rockets to come up and get because I think Sengun is going to be very good. But not only that, Sengun on this roster for fantasy, oh boy. Absolutely. And to me, it says everything that the Rockets were willing to give up picks, future picks, to get this guy. And I think that's huge. You know that the Rockets had him up high on their board and they saw a need and they saw the player that they want and they went out and got him. And to me, that just says so much about the immediate playing time that he's going to get and how the Rockets view him long-term to invest that much into him. So love the pick. He's going to get immediate playing time. I don't think he hurts Christian Wood's value whatsoever. I think Wood's going to slide to the four. No problem. He can shoot really well. So I really don't think he hurts anybody's minutes at all, which is which is a win-win for everybody on that team. And in rookie drafts, I mean, he's going to slide up really high. I, I think he's a top seven guy in rookie drafts now. Easily. I could not believe it when he slid to 11 in the rookie draft I was doing. I had pick 13 and 14, and I was trying so hard to get up to pick 8, <laughs> 9, 10, 11, and nobody was going for it. So I uh, hated seeing him go two picks before me. But moving on, pick 17 that was traded to the Pelicans. They took Trey Murphy out of Virginia, 3 and D wing. Really like this pick for the Pelicans to be able to move back and still get a guy that helps them on the wing with shooting. Uh, Josh Hart still has not been signed as far as I know. And so that is big for the for the Pelicans. This might have been their only good move of the offseason so far. What do you think? Excellent pick. A perfect guy that really fits that team and what they're needing. Uh, he, he's a guy that got a lot of uh, McCall Bridges comp. And if you look at the the body type and what he can bring for that team, I think it's a really great comp for him. He's going to spread the floor. He's going to play solid defense. So we'll, we'll have to watch that Josh Hart market. I can see him coming back to the Pelicans. But if not, I, th- I think that even opens up more playing time for Murphy. Exactly. And we know what shooting needs to be around Zion. So I think there's a very good chance that Trey, Muth, Trey Murphy sees a decent role. I just don't know how much fantasy upside there is for him. But we know opportunity is the hardest thing to find for these rookies. So moving on to pick 18, a player who shouldn't have any problem finding opportunity uh, Trey Mann on the Thunder. Uh, we know that SGA is ahead of him. We know that they took Giddy six, but Trey Mann's pretty good. Like, and he's on an OKC team that will let him develop. I think. I love Trey Mann coming into this draft. I was really hoping he'd find a fit that's going to allot him some playing time right away, and I think he did. I yeah. I think I think OKC is going to give him, if nothing else, backup minutes. He kind of reminds me of. Um, Emmanuel quickly coming into the league last year, a guy that didn't get a a ton of hype was a really solid college basketball player, but kind of a combo. He's not a true point, but he's not really a true shooting guard either. So a guy that can do a little bit of both, uh, really, really good shooter coming into the league. So I I think he's going to find some playing time as a backup. Uh, and again, we hit on it with our last episode with Giddy. I think it really hurts Maladon again. Nothing else to say about that. Maladon wasn't going to be a priority for the Thunder, and now they have two picks that all but guarantees that. Moving on to pick 19, winners of the draft, Charlotte Hornets trade a future first to move up to 19 and take Kai Jones. Incredible landing spot for them. May have changed what their offseason plans were as far as acquiring a big. Meta changed the direction that they wanted to go in. 
really high ceiling, only has Mason Plumley to compete with, so he may not be a starter next year, but man, does he have a role coming to him here in a couple of years. Yeah, awesome pick. Awesome job by Charlotte. The only thing that I have a little concern with is P.J. Washington being able to play that five and how that lineup looks. If they're getting you know, really good production with P.J. at the five and Miles Bridges in that lineup, I could see that hurting Kai Jones a little bit. But long term, I love the fit. They, they need a center on that team. They're going to try and develop Kai Jones as best they can. He's, you know, he's going to be the future there at the five position running with LaMelo alley oops for days. Love the pick. Great job for Charlotte. Now moving on to number 20, the Atlanta Hawks took Jalen Johnson at 20, a player who I had no idea where he was going to go. Felt like it could have been anywhere from nine to 30, honestly, probably the, one of the widest ranges of player just because he's such an unknown. I feel like, a weird spot for the Hawks to not for the Hawks to take him because it was a pretty good value pick in my eyes, but he's just not going to get a ton of playing time. They already have too many wings and they were trying to move Cam Reddish allegedly reportedly, however you want to talk about it. They were trying to move Cam Reddish to clear up that log jam and they just added another one. Yeah. Really tough, tough spot for those that were Jalen Johnson homers coming into this draft. He's hard. He is really hard to gauge because he left Duke early. He was really productive. The few games he played, but just a really tough, tough landing spot. Atlanta's got, you mentioned it, so many young wings. And then now just re-upping with John Collins. Gallinari's still there. So if you wanted to play him at the four, I, I, I don't see how he's going to get a ton of minutes there at the four. Then obviously the two and the three are, are, are booked up there. So I just have a hard time envisioning where he's going to play with this team. But a player that, again, if you have some room on your roster to stash, if you can get him late because of his limited playing time, I would definitely do so because his upside is tremendous. 21, the Knicks pick, they traded back with the Clippers. Clippers moved up and took Keon Johnson, which I loved the pick. Incredible athlete coming out of Tennessee, more of a wing than a guard. They're going to have no Kawhi this year. I think this kind of impacts Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard a little bit. If Luke Kennard could even be affected because he just didn't play last year after getting a $16 million a year extension. But what do you think? Yeah, the dude. I mean, the dude's got hops. A 48-inch vert is just unreal. So I I don't even care how good of a basketball player he is. If he can jump that high, <laughs> I mean, you got to find some room on the court. But in all seriousness, it is a really good landing spot for him. And, and we're going to talk about another guy on the Clippers. The, the Clippers, I really don't know what they're going to do. We we know Paul George is going to get a ton of minutes. And that's about it. Like, who? you really don't know. Marcus Morris, Batum. Yeah. Uh, I mean... But they played so many wings. They played Kawhi, Batum, Morris, and PG all together. So they could play so many wings at a time. Like They love doing that. And, and they can, and they don't have a, a lead point guard. They don't have a point guard that really demands the ball. So that gives those wings the ability to, to make plays and create on their own as well. So any wing on the Clippers, I'm buying a little bit of stock in if I can. It's a weird balance for contending teams because – Normally those teams have extremely expensive players at the top, like with Brooklyn. We'll talk about them later, but that means that those players at the end of the bench that are cheap, they matter because they're the depth of the roster is just cut so short because of the high salary players. But number 22 was the Lakers pick. It got moved to Washington in the Russell Westbrook trade. 
And then I got moved to Indiana in the Aaron Holiday for pick 31 and pick 31 trade. And the Pacers took a freaking big. <laughs> and I... Wow. It makes some sense when you dig into it because he was listed as a center, a power forward center, which is just LOL Pacers centers that that meme was running rampant for a little while. But he's extremely athletic and he's really good defensively, which is two things the Pacers don't have. It's just real tough to see if he's going to get any sort of minutes at all. Really a strange selection there with the depth that the Pacers have at the power forward center position. I liked him a lot coming in. I thought he was a, a Nerlens Noel 2.0 type guy, but I, I just can't envision him playing at all with them. I, I mean, they still have Goga, who we saw, what you know, in the few minutes that he's played, is flashes a lot of potential, a lot of ability to shoot, block shots. So I just, I just don't see where he's going to fit, and it's, it's going to be tough I, unless we see some trades. We've been talking about it for a while now. The we know the Pacers. I was going to say, in case you weren't sure, they do still have two starting bigs on their roster, so that's they, fun. There's always that that chance that the Pacers go ahead and break it up, and maybe Jackson starts to see some backup minutes there. But somebody I find it very difficult to draft in the first round of any rookie draft, just because he's we don't know how long it's going to be for him to start to see some meaningful minutes. Without a doubt, I think he's playing in summer league, which is going to be interesting to see what he looks like against more NBA competition. But moving on, picks 23 and 24 to the Houston Rockets. It took Garuba and Josh Christopher, Usman Garuba and Josh Christopher. So I kind of liked both of these picks. Garuba being more of the defensive big and Josh Christopher being a wing, which you know how I feel about wings. So I don't hate it. Yeah, Christopher's got a ton of upside, a really boom-bust type player. We know the Rockets, they're they're going to play their young guys. They're going to try different lineups out throughout the year and, and probably stick with the hot hand. Whoever's playing well, they're going to put in there. So Christopher's got the opportunity. We'll, we'll see how he does. He's a very boom-bust type player. You know, it's more of a lottery ticket pick to me. Garuba's the one that's really interesting because he's he's pretty raw on the offensive end. But he's a player that can really help a team out, a player that could just a lot of hustle, a winning attitude. He's one of those guys that every team wants to have in the, on their roster. And he can guard, you know, he can guard point guards, he can guard bigs, he's, he's athletic, he's strong. So he's really interesting to me. He's going to take some time to develop, but he's on a great team that has the ability to allow him to develop and give him Uh, minutes here and there so he's somebody i'm going to keep my eye on for uh, those defensive stats later in drafts it's one of those circumstances where the team is bad they're going to give a bunch of young players a bunch of minutes and people are going to be putting up numbers that they otherwise would not on good teams which can lead to good development but it can also lead to inflated player evaluation so just be careful with that but he's definitely one of those players that's probably going earlier than this 23rd pick in the actual draft, Christopher, I'm probably not taking. It's just so many unknowns. But moving on, 25, the Clippers pick that they traded to the Knicks in the Keon Johnson trade. The Knicks took Quentin Grimes, a 21-year-old 3-and-D wing with a quick release and a really good motor from what I can tell. I think this is a good pick. You can't go wrong having enough shooters on that team, and especially shooters in defense after they lost Reggie Bullock to the Mavs. He's kind of older, but you're drafting at 25, so I think it's a good pick. Yeah, and the Knicks were 
little bit strategic with this. I, th- I think Denver had Grimes high on their board, and I think that's where he was going. And then the Knicks made sure to to go no lower than twenty five to get their guy. So two things there. I like that the Knicks had keyed on him, that he's a Tibbs type of player. And I like that Denver was probably going to take him. And we know Denver and what they can do with player development and scouting. So I always like that. But I think Grimes is a good fit. The Knicks obviously needed shooting. They went out and got Fournier. They just got Kemba. They drafted Grimes. So shooting was absolutely at the top of their list uh, during this free agency and draft process. And he's a guy who's a great defensive player. He shot the ball well at Houston last year, and he was a big time prospect out of high school. He, I want to say he was a, he was definitely a top ten guy. And went to Kansas his freshman year, and then ended up transferring. But so a big time prospect out of high school can really shoot the ball, play D, really good fit. I think he's going to fit well in Tibbs' system. And for for twenty fifth for a late round first pick in rookie drafts, you can do a lot worse. Exactly, and it's one of those guys that could probably get a good role earlier rather than later. So be on the lookout for that. 26 Denver took bones Highland going to have a lot of opportunity early with Jamal Murray still out. They did just sign Austin rivers to a one year deal after having drafted Highland, which I think makes some sense. Rivers played really well for them in the postseason, and Highland's obviously going to be a rookie, but the dude can score. And that, that, that plays in the league. If you can get buckets, you'll, you'll find some time on the court. That's for sure. I don't think it hurts Barton too much. I don't think it, yeah, I don't think it hurts either their point guards either that they're going to be playing this year. I think it's just more of an insurance pick, a guy they really like, a guy that can score off the bench for them, that kind of that Jordan Clarkson type role who can handle the ball and get buckets for you. But it's also insurance for a guy like Barton who can hardly ever stay healthy for a full season. So if any anybody that Denver takes, I've just been accustomed to keeping an eye on them because Denver does just a fantastic job of developing their players. So definitely somebody I'm going to be keeping an eye on uh, during the summer ball and in the preseason. Another one of those organizations that you just trust because it's like, ah, they, they saw something in that guy. And maybe that's why the Knicks took Grimes because they're like, okay, if Denver wants them, then we should want them. Uh, <laughs> 27th Brooklyn took Cam Thomas and man, it it's crazy to me that I feel like the teams later in the first round did better than the teams in the middle of the first round with their draft picks. Cause the Brooklyn getting a player like Cam Thomas, I just think that's a great, great pick. I think it really shows the depth that this draft has is, you know, those mid, those even like late lottery mid round picks versus these, really good teams, the playoff teams that are taking really quality players towards the, the end of the first round. Yeah. It just shows the depth this draft has. And a lot of these players going late first or even in the second round, you know, could be steals in our rookie draft and guys that could really break out. So I'm I'm really interested to see this draft class in general. But Cam Thomas, man, he could really fill up the stat sheet. He can really score it at LSU last year. And as you mentioned, these teams that are so top heavy and have these star players that take up so much of their payroll, they have to rely on these young guys on rookie contracts to give them some quality minutes off the bench. And I think Cam Thomas is really a perfect fit for this team off the bench, a guy that can come in and and get you buckets. The Nets aren't planning on stopping anybody. They're planning on scoring, outscoring everyone. And Cam Thomas fits that perfectly. Uh, Can briefly talk about 
29th as well, Daron Sharp. They traded from Phoenix with the uh, Landry Shamit trade. Both of these players are just solid players, and, and that matters so much to these teams like we've been talking about. Alizé Johnson last year had a 20-20 and 20 game for the Brooklyn Nets because the Nets were incredibly injured. We know what Harden is. He's usually pretty durable, but he's got that lingering hamstring. We know KD's coming off an Achilles. Maybe he'll play more games next year. We know what Kyrie is in that we don't know what Kyrie is <laughs> for games played. So these guys are going to have some big roles occasionally. Maybe they're more of a streamer type of guy where you see see him go down, you see him getting 15 minutes a game, and then all of a sudden Kyrie and Harden are out. And it's like, okay, Cam Thomas in there for 23 minutes a game or something like that. But just – they're basketball players on the team that needs basketball players. And that just matters a whole bunch to me. And I think that's a really good point is I can really see both these players having a role with the team the whole year, especially if Brooklyn trades DeAndre Jordan, like they're reportedly trying to do mm-hmm. just have a steady Claxton role. and Blake Griffin. And that's it. And then, as you mentioned, if somebody goes down, if they rest some players, then these guys even get a bigger spike in their usage and in their value. So Two players to really target towards the end of the first round here. It's players you know don't have a crazy amount of upside because they're not going to get just an insane usage bump. But considering where they're going in a draft, they have a pretty safe floor in my eyes. Another safe floor, similar situation, 28th overall to Philadelphia, Jaden Springer. And, man, I liked him a lot. I really did. I was surprised that he slid all the way to 28. Philly got a great pick. Do you think he changes Shake Milton or Tyrese Maxey's output or outlook? I don't think he changes Maxey's at all just because Maxey is able to play more of a shooting guard role yeah. instead of the point guard role. Um, but I do think he changes Shake Milton. I, I can see him coming in and being better than Shake Milton and taking those minutes away on the second unit. But I, a lot of it's going to come down to what Ben Simmons, where, you know, that's still unfinished business through that Ben Simmons trade. Who are they going to bring in when they eventually trade Simmons? I, I have a hard time believing that Simmons will be the point guard come opening game. So there's still a lot of unknowns with this team. We'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I could absolutely see Springer overtaking Milton. The funny thing about it is that it depends so much on the direction that the Sixers go. Because if they turn Ben Simmons a dollar into two fifty cent pieces like TJ Warren and Malcolm Brogdon, then that pushes Springer further down the list. But if they turn Ben Simmons into Dame, then they're adding extra things and that could push Springer up the roster. So there's obviously we know there's no information on that. We can't make that decision. So if you're feeling a certain type of way about what Philly's going to do with Ben Simmons and you feel confident in Springer, then go ahead and take him. Uh, It's just really tough to do that right now. Last pick of the first round, Utah traded it to Memphis and Memphis took Santi Aldama. Um, There's a whole lot of bigs on the Grizzlies roster right now. And I don't see Aldama getting any sort of significant playing time this year. Yeah, no comment from me. That's that's, that's about <laughs> Steve, it. Steven Adams is on an expiring, I think. I don't know. Whatever stupid deal David Griffin extended him to last year has $17 million. I, th- I think he actually has, has one more year after this one. So that's a bummer. Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, Xavier Tillman. That's a lot of bigs. Moving on to our second round, four guys that we want to talk about. And 
surprisingly enough, I picked the Chicago Bulls second round pick and Travis did not. So I'm talking about number 38 overall to Chicago, your boy AO. I'm excited for him. I think he's good. It's just a bummer that the Bulls went ahead and signed two slash three guards in the offseason to really push him down the depth chart. I know. I mean, I'm not mad about that whatsoever, but no, you're not making a ton of roster <laughs> changes because of the second round pick. I just thought he was a first round talent. And I like the fit there in Chicago before they got Caruso and Lonzo and all that. Phenomenal pick, a, a great value for a second rounder. And he was our only pick in this draft. So they really hit on it. I was really wanting to, to own him and pick him in our upcoming rookie draft. I thought he's a guy that can go pretty late and have some really sneaky value. But but now I think it's all... <laughs> I mean, he's just buried now. I think he's going to make the roster, but I could actually see him playing in the G League as well just because of how much depth the Bulls have at the guard position. So it it's too bad because I really wanted to, to own him. And I mean, I still could, but with him not probably being a DMP a lot of nights, it's it's hard to own a guy like that in smaller leagues. Exactly. Very much so a deep league player, which is all you're expecting from a guy from, from second round guys, guys that are going 38 and beyond. Uh, but the next guy who went 38 and beyond is somebody that I think will be worth owning in some of the smaller leagues, as long as your roster is deep enough. And that is uh, number 40 overall to Utah, Jared Butler, your boy. Yeah. Another great pick, a guy that dropped Due to medicals, I can only assume because every he was cleared, I, but also that that may not have alleviated it, all of the concerns. And he was cleared at a bad time. It was like a week before the draft, where a lot of teams probably didn't have enough time to do their due diligence. So, but a guy that was a a mid first round pick in most drafts before the issue came up with his heart. So, great pick for Utah. We know Utah is an aging team. They need to get younger. And Butler is a, a guy that I feel can be their backup point guard this year and, and really get quality minutes. He really fits what that team looks for. A guy that can take care of the basketball, play solid defense, can hit open threes. Not a hugely explosive player, but we also know Conley's not the most durable and he's getting a little bit older. So Butler's a guy I can see stepping up and he's an older player. So he, he could be the backup there and, and get some quality minutes on a, a solid jazz team. Butler is a guy I would be trying to get in like medium to deeper leagues because of what you said about Conley and that he is a first round talent. Like there were arguments whether he was better than Davion Mitchell. Obviously the medicals probably aren't the only thing that dropped him 31 spots from his teammate, but maybe it was. So moving on. Pick 48 to the Atlanta Hawks, Sharif Cooper. It is extremely ironic that Sharif Cooper went to the Atlanta Hawks because his player comp in terms of body type and play type to an extent is Trey Young. They have very similar pros and cons. 48th overall, clearly teams did not like the cons that Cooper offers. No, they probably... uh... Probably did not like the defensive projection, I'm assuming. Nor the but, shooting. <laughs> but Atlanta, man, they're just so deep. Everybody Atlanta takes, they had a really quality draft. It's just so tough to to find where these guys are going to fit in and, and the playing time they're going to have. And we know that because 
Cooper signed a, a two-way contract today. So it's going to be tough for him to, to find minutes. They got Dalen Wright there as the backup for Trey Young. But a guy, if you're in a bigger league, a long-term hold, I mean, this guy has a lot of upside, a lot of potential uh, if he can find some playing time. This guy went 16th overall in the rookie draft that I just did. I would not recommend doing that. It's a, it's a pretty pretty deep rosters when that was happening, but I mean he's got upside. So you just if you can be patient, then be patient. Last guy on the list, 51 to the Los Angeles Clippers, BJ Boston. What do you think about him? So he's my sleeper. He's the guy. If I'm in a 30 team league, I have a second round pick. He's the guy I'm grabbing in pretty much every league that I could. Just as a lottery pick, pure upside. He had a really poor year last year with Kentucky. He's just really skinny. He needs to put on a little bit of weight. But man, the talent is there. He has everything you want in a wing player. Uh, He can hit tough shots. He has the ability to create on his own. He's got great size. And I really like the, the spot he landed. I mean, we know Kawhi's out for this year. The Clippers are... And we we don't really know what they're going to do. Like I've mentioned before, they have a lot of different wings that they could play. And I don't think Boston's going to find a role this year. I think they have too many veteran players for him to find a role. But in a couple years, we know this team's aging. Kawhi's going to be on load management moving forward. Marcus Morris isn't that young. So Batum's obviously older. There's a lot of older wings on this team where I can see Boston in a couple years, if he can develop get a little bit bigger and just mature a little bit. I, I really like his upside long-term and it's a great fit. Ironically enough, a player currently on the Clippers roster who went in the second round around pick 50 Terrence Mann in 2019, who was playing big minutes for them in the playoffs and playing well. So the Clippers are not afraid to throw those guys out there. He fits into the situation of the high salary players that to where they just need rotation players. And I think, I agree with you. BJ Boston can be that because when's the last time that a Kentucky player has come out of college and like not ended up being better than what we thought, you know, it it just seems like that's the, that's the archetype. Yeah, I agree. And and Kentucky was really bad this year. So we, you know, we didn't get to see a lot of their players make a deep run in, in the NCAA tournament like we normally do. So he was their biggest recruit coming into this year as a freshman. So I really like him. He's probably going to go G League right away, so don't you know? Don't fret when he that's fine when he goes there because he's really raw. He he needs to bulk up. He's just super skinny, but he's got a a lot of talent. He's got a lot of different things in his game that you just look at him and you're like, "Yep, he he can do that." He's an NBA player because he can make really tough shots and he's got just an NBA body. So somebody that if I like I said, if I'm in a deep league and I got a spot to stash, he's the guy I want. As Bill Russell said, the game has always been and will always be about buckets. And B.J. Boston can get buckets. So that's our end of the first round and a couple sleepers in the second round. If you have somebody that you think is a sleeper in the second round, send it to us in the DMs. We won't talk about them on the podcast because we're going to keep that information to ourselves. If there's anybody you disagreed with, anybody you think is in a good situation, if you think Jalen Johnson is going to overtake John Collins in the starting lineup this year, let us know about it. I want to hear what you have to say about that. Sharif Cooper might have been a lottery talent, if you believe that. I know some people did. I know a lot of people did, actually. So 
Let us know all of your thoughts, questions, anything like that. Check out everything over at the Hoopball family. Follow us on Twitter at Rhett underscore Bauer, at Travis underscore Fuller 92. And be sure to tune in to our free agency recap coming up here soon. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you again next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.